Welcome to Improvement, the podcast show. My name is Ichiro Takahashi, and each week we bring you the person or the message that will help you improve your life. Thanks for tuning. Now, let's begin the journey. What you're going to listen is part one of the conversation I had with Lawrence, spiritual.oneness on Instagram, and Darius Maha Rivera. I am not sure if I pronounced it correctly. It's M-A-H-A-R-I-B-E-R-A on Instagram. I could tell you that we talked about human nature from a psychological point of view and from a spiritual point of view, but that would not be enough. Basically, the idea that I presented was that it may be useless to resist this dark side of humanity. That hate will find its way to survive. In simple words, we will never get rid of hate and violence and aggression and war. I think it's part of our nature to crave and desire power, to dominate and control others, to serve the self. And it's also part of our nature to react and fight against that. Think about this. Throughout history, humanity has fought an unthinkable amount of wars. But if some of them hadn't been fought, perhaps we will not be where we are right now. Death, sacrifice, is rooted inside of our subconscious. We know that works. We know that violence and aggression works. And let's go back to the creation of the world According to ancient cultures, every myth about creation contains darkness, light, fights, and death. But it's also true that everything we know is limited by our level of consciousness. So if we want to find better solutions to our problems, we have to raise our consciousness. We have to reach the next stage. And I believe it's possible. I believe we can. There has to be other way. So yeah, basically our conversation was about those two concepts, the dark side of humanity and raising our consciousness. One last thing, if you notice that I didn't talk too much, it's because as a host, my mission is to put the spotlight on my guests. It's not about what I have to say what they have to say. <laughs> so I could afford my unnecessary ranting. Yeah. Without further to say, please enjoy. Do you think that in order for us to raise our consciousness, to become totally present and aware and, and reach this state of enlightenment, so to say, do you think we need this sort of process where we fear and we suffer in order to reach this state? I think that anything outside of the present moment is what facilitates the opportunity for fear or anxiety. Uh, the present moment, mm -hmm. as I've come to understand it and experience, experience it in my own life, is really the only thing that is real. That's where the magic happens. Anything outside of that is an illusion of sorts. You know, we are all connected Uh, in the present moment, we are all one in the oneness of consciousness. Um, 
though with that being said, we all live our own perception of different realities as well. So if an individual can choose to come back to the present moment, which is a choice in every moment, then a healthy lifestyle, uh, uh, a uh, good balance, a sense of peace, harmony, uh, coming back to the authentic self, I think that's where the balance is, if I'm on point with your question there. Yeah, I, I'm just want, you, you know what happened is that the more that I, 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 I study about around history and religion and the spiritual world, and the common factor is that without darkness, so to say, there is no light. Correct. It's the balance. That's what I'm uh, sort of hinting at in my previous uh, comment there. Everything in the universe seeks a balance in the present moment. Uh, without fear, there cannot be love. And without love, there can be no fear, even though I believe fear is an illusion. Um, light, dark, dark, light, everything within balance. Um, Balance is key for everything as we move forward in our lives. Anything outside of that balance has us feeling outside of ourselves, I believe. Could we say that, that in reality we need this, we need darkness? Whatever we can, um, we can label darkness like, uh, like bad or evil or whatever you want to call it, we need it. So, so we can't get rid of darkness so to say well in the universe there's no such thing as good or bad everything simply is it's what we make of it or perceive it to be that makes the difference um, with that being said in the balance of things yes there is light and dark um we all operate within a certain vibration or frequency. The higher our vibration or frequency, the lighter or more closer we are to the divine or our most highest self or authentic self. In the lower vibrations where fear can said to be exist, that is, um, where the opportunity to fall down, so to speak, or fall into the well of fear exists. So each human on their path is all vibrating at a different level or a different frequency. And everybody is all doing this differently. There is no, well, there's no opportunity to compare or judge um we are all moving forward at our own pace our own speed and heading in the same direction in different ways if you will yeah yeah and, and i think that i want to ground a bit the idea of darkness and light yeah i think so my friend i, I wish i could disagree to create some contrast in the conversation but this, this is the thing without without having the contrast of good and bad 
it's very hard to be able to, well, you can't distinguish what is good or bad, as Lawrence was saying. And also the darkness or the hate or the evil that naturally occurs in the world does also provide the opportunity to grow from it as long as the person is equipped with the tools to be able to do so. So it's an interesting one because I think when people hear this, they might think, oh, so you're justifying, you know, the bad stuff that's happening in the world. And it doesn't mean that people should actively go out to cause this evil, but it's an inherent part of the chaos of reality because reality doesn't have um, predefined rules as such, as in like, uh, there isn't, uh, how can I think to describe this? There isn't um, an, uh, a, I can't even think of the word, but a distinct way to differentiate between good or evil. It's purely down to humans interpreting these events and yeah. placing names in it. Because if we didn't have language, we wouldn't be able to say anything. So I think, I think it was Wittgenstein that said that language is the language of conformity because as soon as we learn to speak, we're constrained to the words that we can use to communicate our feelings. So in that sense, I think we're always going to be limited by it. I would agree. And I would also agree with Darius's choice of the word contrast. Contrast is required in order to facilitate perceptions of of differences and uh, the individual's choice to choose within those differences that will help to provide balance or imbalance within their life. Anything outside of balance is stepping outside of the present moment or what I will also refer to as love. Love is the only thing that is real. It's it's really the glue that holds everything together. So if we yeah, want to I want to interrupt you for uh, for a while. Um, it, it, w- if you say that love is the only thing that is real, and uh, and I believe that, but since the universe works under this duality of darkness and light, that means that we need people suffering. We need people full of hate. They, we need people that represent this dark side of the universe. Um, yes, these individuals that you speak of could represent the contrast that Darius is speaking of, the opposite of or the contrast to something. Yeah. So if there's no love, then there's fear. If there's no light, then there is dark. Without one, there isn't the other to show us uh, the center or the balance or the, the, uh, the direction um, of purity or, um, again, I'll, I'll go right back to love because really, as we've been speaking, love is the only so, thing that is real. Yeah, it I, is the glue I, that holds yeah, everything together. Again, you then that means that are love, I am love, is, we are all love. Uh, their fate, so to say, to live in an illusion because they are the con- contrast that we need, right? So, yes, and this will lead to the, the next piece of information I can share with you that we are all on different levels. No one is better than the other for any discernment or judgment. Everything simply is. Everybody vibrates at their own level. When you come into a lifetime, you come into it with a specific agreement. Okay, guys, 
here I am. Um, take my voice as a transition into something new. Right now we, we had some connection issues with uh, Lawrence at this time. And what you're listening right now is me on post-production. So I had to cut a bit of the conversation, but here you go. Do you, do you agree with it, the idea that we're expressing right now? Do you have anything to I see add, what maybe? Saying. I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, so I know earlier you mentioned hesitantly uh, whether the, the racism was maybe uh, a necessary part or part of our human nature um, to be able to generate the, the good in the world to, to come from it. And I think mm. racism, as we've always seen throughout history, there have always been minority groups that are subjected to the opinions of the masses because say for whatever reason it's a scapegoat it could be for political reasons that uh, the government blames a minority to divert attention away from themselves it could be for various reasons to shift the blame to a smaller group of people that are less able to protect themselves now i don't think that is necessarily um, required for humanity to be able to move forward i think it's more just a, a part of our biology or a part of cognitive biases that we have where we just look to make sense of uh, the situation and justify our own position so sorry yeah yeah but you, you know what's interesting but if you take away the minorities you have this 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 again this darkness this sadness everywhere in this in the history of the humanity mm-hmm. no matter where no matter how mm-hmm. right um it's not absolutely necessary, but I'm, I just see that, for example, for us to be able to be connected, Lawrence in the, in the States, I am from, from South America, from Chile, you on the, on the UK, mm-hmm. for us to just to be able to hold this conversation freely, mm-hmm. freely, like what means being able to talk about anything freely, a lot of people had to die in different worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. But the processes that we've gone through to get to this point right now aren't necessarily right. They were just potentially the best that humanity could do at the time with the knowledge that they had. So even Mm -hmm. if you say 10,000 years ago, well, the knowledge and intelligence that was available back then was considerably less, well, arguably, than what we have now. So I don't know if it's inherently required to move people forward, but it's probably more a reflection of us doing the doing what we know we can do to achieve certain outcomes and also with this darkness in the world there is still the ability to exercise it in different ways because just if just if someone is in a aggressive mood and feeling angry doesn't mean that it is justified for them to go out and attack somebody but they could go and lift weights and exercise that energy in a different way do you see what i mean so i think with all of these things it's it's a case of judgment and a case of either doing what has been done before this like tribal mentality or I don't know, trying to, trying to find a positive that can come from the negative. Yeah. But for us to, to understand this idea, because yeah, you can go and lift weights, right? You don't need to go and I don't know, involve yourself in a fight or whatever, but (laughs) for us to be able to understand what's good and what's bad and to be able to control it, we need to be aware of it and of the definition of good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe that you're aware 
and I believe that you learn as well as well. And I'm pretty sure I'm aware, but this might be a good segue for this other concept that is our level of consciousness. So you have people with a lower level of consciousness and people with a higher level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And we, I believe that we as humanity, we have to move into this next stage, this next level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So how do we raise this consciousness, this level of awareness? So I think the way to help people as a collective raise their consciousness is instead to be focusing on everybody else, for everyone to focus on themselves. Like the expression, you can't change the world unless you change yourself. That is fundamentally true because really we can't actually make anybody do anything. We can only suggest things to them. Uh, Otherwise it's coercion. Then, then, then we shall focus on the individual, not on the collective. Yeah, but by focusing on the individual and raising their consciousness, you will then collectively be raising the consciousness if everyone were to be focusing on themselves. And also when people are focusing on themselves, they're able to extend their knowledge and their beliefs to people that are closer to them that would, might be shut off to external influences, but they trust that one person. So because of the, the closeness of those relationships, if you start affecting individuals, if individuals start taking responsibility for their mindset, for the way that they view the world, for their education, for their intelligence, then we would, uh, in effect, be increasing the collective consciousness, I believe. Yeah. There is, a, there is one consciousness. There is a one collective consciousness. And all of our own individual consciousness uh, uh, is s- simply a fractal of that. How an individual chooses to operate within their lifetime is determined by their awareness yeah. or their level of vibration. Mm. If they come into a lifetime um, and choose to remain unaware and asleep, if you will, that is their choice. And they may leave this lifetime not having ever woken up. Within those choices come the consequences of their choices. So everything plays a part, every piece of the puzzle adds to the larger puzzle, if you will, Mm -hmm. if we want to call that a collective consciousness. Um, There is such delicate balance within all of the chaos of all of this. Um, again, I would, I'll, I'll always take it back to this idea of love. You know, for me, I've come to believe and understand that it, it is either yin or yang again in the balance. So there are two types of people in the world. There are service to other individuals and there are service to self individuals. Service to other are divided or separate from the collective seeking to only serve themselves and the service to other are about the connection or the collective serving the community doing for one another there it's either divided or connected it's either love or uh, non-love everything that is in uh, occurring within the world all plays on this formula you can bring it all back to this idea of division as in separateness from the wholeness or the oneness or the collective or 
um, uh, a separateness is the individual separate from why are they committing murders why are they uh, leading in a uh, fear-based way why are they seeking power or greed or selfishness mm. uh, to, to serve the self and instead of to serve the whole so it takes away from the collective consciousness yeah. when someone yeah, is served sorry I'm sorry Lannis, but you know i i'm totally where that you understand what love is and that's the reason that i like to consider you a friend and also you that is i'm pretty sure you understand this concept um and i now understand this concept but <laughs> i understand this also i grew up um full of hate and resentment like really mad right and i took a lot of bad decisions before i understand this concept of love so i had this darkness before the light right so again i will not be right now talking with you weren't by because of my past of darkness so to say right so for me it was necessary totally necessary well your enlightenment is not a destination it is a journey Definitely. so everything you've been through um, from your darkest moments to your most light-filled loving moments is all part of your journey everything brings you to the present Definitely. moment and then in the present moment you continue to move forward to that next present movement uh, moment it's not it's not it does not uh end it does it's not finite it continues even after every lifetime you know the highest level of enlightenment is the is the most purest form of divinity or highest light which is the God self or the, the highest collective point of consciousness, however you refer to that within your belief system or your, uh, whether you consider yourself a religious person or a spiritual person, however that is for you, you have landed where you are because of every choice and every decision and every consequence. And here we had another connection issue. <laughs> Here I was telling this story. I lived right next to a car shop, and around January, if I'm not wrong, there were some protests due to socioeconomic and political stuff. And I can't remember the day, but around eight and a half p.m., nine p.m., a group of people jumped into this car shop, and they set, like I don't know, eight cars on fire. And I use this just as an example, but sometimes I feel that the only time a protest leads to a conversation is when shit goes wild. So I was wondering if we're doing the right moves, if this is so rooted in our subconscious, in our nature, that this is the only thing that that, that we know that works. So there's, there's no way to know if we're doing the right thing or not, um, ultimately. But the one thing is that if everything is an expression of our consciousness, then even the riots and even the chaos, even the burning of cars and what have you, is an expression of that also. So I think we, we can't ever really say what is right or not, because ultimately, if all of this chaos happens and we do reach the end goal, which we do want, then perhaps it was necessary after all. And also when people are emotional, you can't reason with them because the very act is irrational in itself. It's done without thought. It's done without uh, like preconceived judgment. So 
I don't think you'll ever be able to control people from doing things when they are angry because that is the whole point of it. And also, when it comes to political you know, uh, unrest or issues with the government, if people have followed the rules, if people have tried to do the so-called right thing by voting and uh, all, all of this sort of stuff, and that hasn't got them anywhere, then in a lot of people's minds, the alternative solution is to do the exact opposite of that. And whether that's down to a lack of education or know-how or what, whatever it is, I don't think we're ever going to be able to really change that because even if the expression itself appears negative, it's probably in the majority of cases being done with good intention. Mm, is there any type of psychological ex uh, explanation of that? Sure. So we have something called uh, our locus of control. And this can be either internal or external. And basically, it's just a fancy way of describing whether you feel like uh, you have an impact on your environment or not. So if you have an internal uh, locus of control, you believe that you are uh, the center of the cause and effect. You can create change in your life. You are responsible for the events that happen. But someone with an external locus of control believes that it's up to fate or luck or the government or what have you. And, and they feel like they have less control over their lives because they believe these other systems are at play doing it for them. So if someone, say, has always believed that the government will look after them, the, uh, the police will be fair, everything is working out exactly as it should be and what have you. And then they, they start to get evidence that that's not the case. Well, then there's cognitive distance there. There's a discrepancy in the information they're receiving and the beliefs that they held of the world. And as we know, when you have cognitive dissonance, one of them is going to give at some point. And because it's a traumatic thing to deal with, the fact that the very fabric that you built your reality on is crumbling in front of you, the reactions that people have to that could be anything. And if it is aggressive, well, aggression gives us certainty. We feel confident when we're aggressive. And that is the direct opposite to fear. So by becoming aggressive, you feel certain and that will increase your internal locus of control because then you can see that you're making an effect in the world. So if you are smashing a window, you're directly seeing that your actions are creating something. This is part of a Jordan Peterson lecture where he talks about the Bible. And you know that the, the God made Adam and Eve, but the first human the real human was um, their son, Cain and Abel. And Cain killed his brother because um, he felt he was doing everything right and God wasn't pleased by his sacrifice. And he was more pleased by Abel's sacrifice and he was jealous and he killed his brother. So going back to this idea of the, this, of, of the Christian religion, Um, everything goes back to, to, to again to this idea where, of good and evil because we see that humanity according to Christianity the first human actually if you think about this is crazy was a murderer and actually was, was the murderer of his own brother so yeah, but that like, doesn't sell <laughs> no, no I mean yeah, but, but it's like mm, I see what you're saying there Yeah, uh, maybe maybe it's kind of abstract. I'm not even sure how to put all my thoughts together when, when it goes down to this idea. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess fundamentally it's 
it's, the, it's showing that humans are imperfect, that uh, chaos, madness, irrationality, violence even is a part of us. It's a part of our being. It doesn't make it right. It just is. Um, so, I mean, the fact that it dates that far back, it's kind of hard to argue with, really. I don't I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. I don't think anyone does know what the answer is. And I think it was Jordan Peterson that said that if someone does claim to have the answer, you should run from them because they're not to be trusted. I, I, you know, I think we're, we're all going through this at the exact same time. Uh, the only knowledge that we can acquire is from our experiences or from the experiences of others. But no one is living ahead of time. They can't see what is happening. So all we can hope to do is make the best informed decision with the knowledge that we have at our disposal. Other than that, you know, it's, it's out of our hands. Can I, it's okay if I hate someone who is full of hate. Well, if you hate, then you're not loving. And so if you're yeah. not loving, then you're separate from your authentic self or your divine self. Yeah, right. If you have hate, you have fear. If you have hate and fear, then you are in the illusion of both of those things because they are not yeah. real. The feeling of it or the emotion that is derived from the fear or the aggression or the hate that you feel is an, an authentic emotion. Every emotion is, every emotion is important and it must be felt, acknowledged and processed. But it's also important to, to discover the, um, uh, the reason why you have this. Where is it coming from for you? And why are you choosing or deciding to feel this? Mm. this Gosh, sometimes, I feel that, sometimes I feel that it's hard to love people who is full of hate. It, <laughs> it's yeah. important to, if you could, here's, here's an offering for you. If we observe the world objectively and live in a detached manner um, and see everything for what it is, almost like we're viewing it on a video screen um, and see the reason behind the action or the choice. In other words, if you feel that you are going to choose uh, the emotion of hate for someone because of an action uh, that they have performed. Um, the separateness that is created from that is uh, up to the individual. So you are choosing to uh, uh, remove yourself from the connectedness of it. In other words, that person that is performing that act that you are choosing to feel uh, anxiety or hate or fear over is simply acting on their level. Your reaction or a response to it is your decision. There, there's not, that's all that it is simply. Their action is theirs. Your response is yours. Why are you choosing to respond to it or react to it in the way that you are. It has nothing to do with you. Why are you attaching yourself to the feeling of that other than the, the perhaps I'll use the word sadness that comes from you observing that person 
even in an unconscious or subconscious way, uh, detaching from love. So as you see that person doing what they're doing and you feel a certain fear, the underlying emotion is your recognition of their detachment from the collective or the oneness or the love. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. 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 I'm really like that. compassion it, at the end of the day. Yeah. If I could add something to Lawrence's point, I really like the idea of this empathic detachment. So you can detach from a situation, but still feel for the person. And yes. I think it's, it's obviously hearing it and doing it can be two very different things, especially when you're in the moments of it. Yes. But I think uh, some, hating someone who is hateful or doing something that is wrong is one thing you don't necessarily have to tolerate what someone is doing to you if it is say violating your standards this is assuming that you haven't communicated your feelings with the individual if you're able to because otherwise i'm trying to think how best to word this people ultimately like Lawrence said are going to do what they're going to do and it really doesn't concern you until it is affecting you and that doesn't mean you just have to you know bow over and take it you can obviously uh you know establish your rules with people let them know your feelings to make sure that this isn't violated again hopefully in the future but ultimately hating somebody for what they're doing isn't going to help anything because you you're ignoring where that is coming from in the individual you don't know their experience. You don't know what happened to them when they were younger. You don't know what they're dealing with at the moment. And you don't know, maybe this is the only way they've ever learned to be able to express their emotions. Maybe they're just hurting right now. There could be another situation where this person could actually be really helpful and nice to you, but you're just experiencing this one side to them. I don't think there is anyone that is 100% evil all the time. It's just the side of the personality we're experiencing. Definitely. I mean, we, we all have this this balance inside of us, this darkness and this good, right? And, and this light. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is funny. Uh, most of the dualistic religions and mythology talks about the same word. Human is some, some sort of the battleground between both darkness and the light. Um, yeah, I, I, can, I can understand. If, uh, what, what I understand you say is more like, the emotion itself of hate against someone who is acting in a wrong way, right? If we can label it, um, is useless. But if it's necessary, we have to take action. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that, that is what I would suggest. I would imagine just because things that are happening, uh, say, to you or around you are bad, Whilst, yes, you, you should be able to empathically detach from it because it doesn't necessarily concern you. It's not your responsibility to raise the vibration of everybody else. It doesn't mean that you have to just sit there and constantly tolerate someone that is violating your rules um, or being hateful towards you. You're obviously still autonomous of yourself. So yeah. that, that's the distinction I'm trying to make. 